What's going on, Seven Footers gang? It's your girl, Jenna, here. And Gerard, what's happening over there? Gerard in gorgeous powder blue. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, I'm feeling springy. You know, this is a nice light color to get yourself ready. Uh, Jenna, we got like three, four games left for most teams. That's it, four games max. And then it's uh, play-in tournament time. So it's it's exciting. This is going down to the wire this season. Like, I mean, it's like every game's going to matter to the very end. Honestly, games that we're about to talk about tonight and the rest of this week are actually going to determine a shuffleboard of seedings. So mm -hmm. we have a lot to get to. So we need to jump into it here because, first of all, we need to give this man his second set of flowers because, you know, we kickstarted it last week. It, I feel like you and I spoke Russell Westbrook's triple-double <laughs> king status into existence because we actually boasted about him on this pod last week. You know, this man is incredible, okay? If you guys have been living under a rock, you wouldn't know that he is the official NBA's triple-double king past Oscar Robertson last night in a loss to the Hawks, but still, it didn't matter. This man made history last night, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we can't brush by it. We have to acknowledge that the beast that Russell Westbrook is on the floor is how he plays every night, whether the stat board is crappy or it's filled like it was last night, and it has been with him notching triple-doubles all season long. Like I said, he made history for something that nobody thought was attainable at all. I mean, Allen Iverson even said it too. I mean, Oscar Robertson had his 181st triple-double in 1974. Mm -hmm. And Russell Westbrook has mm -hmm. 182. I mean, give this man some flowers, Rod. Let me hear what you have to say about the triple-double King. Well, look, I mean, Russ needs to be commended and we need to celebrate this guy as one of the all-time greats because he certainly is, right? Um, 28, 13, and 21 last night. I mean, that's just an insane stat line. Um, you know, it, it, to be a guard and to grab all those rebounds and, you know, it, it's just incredible. And again, as you said, Jenna, it's a record that nobody thought would get broken, right? Like, Oscar, James, K Jason Kidd, all these great Magic Johnson, great triple double artists before him. Um, you know, we, we, we never thought that someone could do this, but Russ really is that singular force and he plays with that, that fervor 24 seven. And it's, it's remarkable and he needs to be celebrated for that. That is an incredible, incredible feat to accomplish. You will not be able to tell the history of the NBA without talking about Russell Westbrook. Right. I mean, that and that's incredible. And Russ, of course, super gracious and appreciative as he talked about it last night, you know, saying growing up and putting in the work, you know, you never think you'd be mentioned along the names of guys like Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson, Jason Kidd, etc. And it's it is incredible because you have to you have to work right to be to be to get those kinds of records. They don't just happen just because you're in the NBA. And there are so many stats uh, about his triple doubles. I want to read a couple off of my favorite, Jenna, because they're just they're just so interesting. Westbrook has That's more here.
career triple doubles than LeBron James, James Harden, and Chris Paul combined. I mean, that's incredible. Russell Westbrook has logged as many 20 rebound triple doubles as Shaquille O'Neal and Akeem Olajuwon combined. Russell Westbrook. And these are big men. And, these, and those are big men. Remember. Those are big men, right? So compared to a guard. 100%. Russell Westbrook has registered as many 20 assist triple doubles as Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, and Jason Kidd combined. Um, it, it's, <laughs> he, Ooh, he, bonus stat as well. He has a triple double against all 30 teams. Yes. More than once. Yes. So, and he's notching these triple doubles. Like I said, last episode in three quarters or less, most of the time. He, he's incredible. Uh, in those 182 triple double games, his teams are 136 and 46. That is a 74% winning clip. That's the equivalent of a 61 win team in the regular season, right? So, and as you know, if you watch basketball, a 60 win regular season team is generally the best team in the league, right? And so, so his team wins games in which he has triple doubles. And it's, look, again, we, we can quibble about the shooting and all of this stuff. And as I said before, in, on previous episodes, when you are separating and making cases for greatest of all time. And the, this is when you have to get nitpicky, right? Because everyone can't be in that conversation. So we have to start making things, but forget about that. In terms of superstars and great all-time players, I mean, Russ is up there. I mean, he's certainly somewhere in the top 30 all-time in the NBA. I mean, he's, oh, he's, yeah. he's incredible. So shouts to Russell Westbrook and look, shout to the Wizards. They are in the 10 spot right now and they're going to be in that play-in. And I'll tell you what, the Sixers don't want no parts of the Wizards in round one. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Sixers. I'm just saying Russ and Bradley are going to make that first round harder than the Sixers probably want it. If in fact, seedings hold out. Absolutely. I mean, we always talk about it. That backcourt is insane. So in Beal and Westbrook and after Westbrook made history, Beal dubbed him first ballot hall of fame. Oh, so easy. That's not even enough. That's, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So not to mention, uh, I can't even take credit for this one, but lastly, uh, Monica McNutt mm -hmm. of MSG Networks, uh, she made a really nice point when she was on Around the Horn today. She said that, like you said, Gerard, when we talk about Russell Westbrook now, we, t we have to speak about those who made history. We speak about him in a different upper echelon category. And she said, when we do talk about Russell Westbrook making history, it's always going to be associated and so closely tied to his toughness that he plays with every oh, night. That's no what doubt. he's known for. And now he's always talked about it in post-game interviews. I play like this all the time. I'm tough. I'm this and that. But now it's solidified on a different level. So I thought that was a nice point and a solid tip to end on because now we have to get a little gritty up in here Gerard. Well, before we before, before we go there, I just want to quickly on one last thing on Westbrook. You know, mm -hmm. his the way he plays in that sort of going and giving it 110%. Uh I mean, I don't like to use that phrase cuz there's only a, you know, in, right. infinite, you know, you know giving yeah. giving 100%, giving max effort. There's something about his style of play that is so appealing to fans when they turn on the TV and they watch and they watch the games, right? When you're a fan, and my cousin said this to me numerous times, is like, I know you like your advanced stats and whatever, but Russell Westbrook could play for me anytime, and I 100% get that sentiment and that feeling. Because as a fan, 
when you're watching your team, you want to feel like they're giving it 100, 100%, which, look, they do. And I don't want to get into a whole thing about like whether mm-hmm. or not it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Point being, I get why fans are so – well, they love watching Russell play because it's 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 visceral, right? When you watch him, you feel it in the way he plays, right? Because he's emoting so much while he's doing it. And so I, I, I totally get that. And look, and, and it's entertainment, and that is entertaining. Again, kudos to Russ, the triple-double king. Ah. Oh. You know, I love a good narrative. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now uh, let's let's get a little chippy up in here, like I said before. <laughs> because for the third week in a row, <laughs> Gerard botches the show list and continues to bust me that it is a LeBron James propaganda season. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about this little update on the Lakers naming LeBron James uh, out for tonight again. Um Woj was first to report it. Actually, I don't even think the Lakers have the Lakers confirmed it yet. No, yeah, he's out tonight. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure up in here. <laughs> but um, yeah, LeBron James out against the Knicks tonight, May 11th, uh, as we record this. And he's going to rest that ankle one more night and then play the Hawks on Wednesday. And interestingly oh, Rockets, enough, I think. I think it's Rockets on Wednesday. Is it Rockets? Yeah, I think what it's the Rockets. Here. Hawks. I think it's the Rockets. Yeah, it's the Rockets. Oops, my bad. Don't well, yeah. So he's going to suit up on Wednesday. So ironically, that is the Lakers championship banner night. So maybe our king is just, it is, Hmm. it is, it is, you know. So maybe our king is just waiting to return to celebrate such, such a feat. Um, But Gerard thinks it's propaganda. Anyway, (laughs) it's also interesting really quick. And I don't know if you know this, Gerard, but him not playing the Knicks, uh, that means he has not played them at all in the regular season. He's been out every time that they have played the Knicks. Listen, we know nobody is better at creating narrative and storylines than one LeBron James. You know, he, th- this is, <laughs> I mean, have you heard more about a player's injury and his comeback more than this dude. I mean, my God, it's like every other day. It's like, oh, I'm Definitely. starting to hear workouts are looking. LeBron's looking great in workouts. He went to go see a specialist today. The ankle's feeling great. It's like, oh my. I mean, and again, for your information, <laughs> he practiced with the team on Monday and worked I, out with I, his trainer. I know he did. I, I'm he well aware. In. My point is, is that LeBron and the clutch, the clutch mafia, like to release their little tidbits to their journalist friends. And drop stuff out into the in, into the ethos, right? To just create more drama and narrative. Look, Bron, you you ready to ball, homie, or what? What what's, what's going on here? Let's just strap up, get on the court, see, see what the deal is here. It's just it's hilarious to me. And I I did find it funny on Twitter. People were like, "Yeah, LeBron knows better than to come back tonight against the Knicks. He's ducking that smoke. He don't want that suffocating defense on that bum ankle." Like it's just it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> It's, Wait, that was good. It's hilarious. And people, people love that, you know, you know how Twitter works. Jokes greater than facts on Twitter. Um, and it's always mm-hmm. hilarious. Like my, my, my thing is, it's, as I said last week, this is setting up for the drama that will ensue. It, listen, as I said before, if nothing else, LeBron is a showman and understands the role of entertainment and how to titillate and get everyone excited, right? 
Every, what's what's the, what's the storyline now? Oh my God, the Lakers, they're going to be in the play-in tournament. They're not even going to be a top six seed. All this is all about building his narrative because if the Lakers are in the play-in tournament and LeBron drags a seven seed or an eight seed, whatever number they are, to the NBA finals, this is the greatest accomplishment in the history of the NBA. Like it's, it's all, it's coming. It's all coming. You know this. This is what it's setting up for. I will say, I'm so ready. oh God, of course you are. Cause no one loves LeBron James narrative narratives more than you. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, look, the, the, the Knicks were playing well. They're trying to solidify themselves as a four seed. They went tonight. This would be a great road trip. They'll have beaten uh, the Clippers and the Lakers on this road trip, which is awesome. Um, and look, the Clippers, that one got yeah, me. They're, they're, they're gearing up. So kudos to the Knicks. And for the Lakers, look, as it stands right now, they are a game and a half behind Portland. Uh, for that six slot. And the six slot is important because if you are in the number six slot, you are not in the playing tournament. You are in the playoffs. So, and Portland has the tie break. So in actuality, they're two and a half games ahead of the, of the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the tie break. The Lakers remaining games are against the Knicks tonight, the Rockets, the Pacers and Pelicans. Now the Knicks should be able to, at a minimum, go three and one. I mean, really, they should. I mean, not the Knicks. The Knicks are really good. I mean, that could be a good game either way. But they should beat the Rockets, Pacers, and Pelicans, no problem. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, the Rockets. We know their their deal. They stink. The Pacers are they're locked into wherever they nine the nine spot in the East, and the Pelicans they're out. They're not even getting in the playing tournament. So, I mean, those should be easy wins. And if they do those, and and Portland's schedule remaining pretty tough. They got Utah. They got Phoenix. So they, they're, they're going to have some tough games coming up, right? But Utah and Phoenix may decide to rest people. Who knows? It's all fascinating, all interesting. I just, you know, I'm, al- I'm always interested in Lakers and Lakers and specifically LeBron propaganda because, you know, that's just what they do. They just release stuff to get the fans all their narrative all worked up. And no one's no one's believing us, right? The, you, you'll see how the, how the story comes out this, this playoff, Jenna. The Lakers are going to pull the nobody believes in us card. Like it, it's coming. You you already see the signs on the wall everywhere. They are going to play the nobody believes in us. And it's like you're the defending champs. So who doesn't believe in you? Like what 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 are we talking about here? But it's coming. You see it. I know, damn it. Like <laughs> Oh my God. If this works out the way you're saying it and the way I see it in my head, like <laughs> LeBron's injured forever and then and then finally comes back and they're a shitty ass seven seed and then drags them all the way to the finals and then say they win and then it's a back to back and he's 36. Oh my God. Listen, it's it is Taylor. And then Space Jam comes out in the same year. This it is, it is tailor made for all the narrative storyline that we like. And as you know, while I enjoy a good narrative too, let's strip away to what is exactly happening, right? There, it isn't no one believes in the Lakers. It's that, look, you guys are banged up and injured, right? First of all, we talked about Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? Anthony Davis is back. He had a, de- he had a really good last couple of games, but he's still working his way back. We don't know what LeBron's going to look like when he eventually gets back. Oh, by the way, Dennis Schroeder, still we don't know when he's back yet, right? So, and that's an important piece for you guys. And you're still kind of working. LeBron hasn't been on the floor with Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis together yet, right? Do you even play Andre Drummond come playoff time? Maybe you don't. Who knows what's going on? So my point is, is that the road to a championship, this isn't an easy sweep as everybody's like, oh, healthy Lakers. Look, man, the Jazz are good. The Nuggets are good. The Suns are good. The Clippers are good. Like, there are good teams. And if 
the Lakers are anything but 100% from those two guys, they're going to find themselves in trouble. And that's just, it, exactly. That doesn't mean no one believes in you. It just means that you need to be healthy. And when you are, then yeah, everybody's going to ride with you. Right. And you name a bunch of guys, a bunch of role players. And then you also have Kuzma. He's been out yes, with injury Kuzma's lately. Out, right? uh, yeah. Talon Horton Tucker too. Mm-hmm. So again, they're just, they're being bit by the injury bug. So we shall see. But what? So the Lakers have... Uh, as we're talking right now, the Lakers have four games left, and mm-hmm. so do the Pel- or Pelicans. So does Portland, mm-hmm. right? So basically, the Lakers need to go four and zero in the next four, and then they can clinch that sixth seed if Portland goes what two and two. So there's a chance, but it's oh, like- there's like, no doubt. It's just it, we don't know, right? Because. It also depends on the team that you, that Portland plays. Are they going to rest? Are they, what are they going to do? So Portland has three games left, and that's a, it is a doozy of the three games left. Actually, they have four. Uh, no, three, three, three. Utah, Phoenix, Denver. Now, Oof, that's rough. And Utah and Phoenix are back to back. Here's the thing. Utah's on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. We don't know if Utah's locked up the one seed yet. They may or may not have. So they're probably going to be playing all their guys. The next day, Thursday, Phoenix. If Utah hasn't locked up the one seat, Phoenix is going to be playing their guys. And then Sunday, they have Denver. That's the game that by Sunday, this Denver's likely not moving up from four. Four is kind of where they're going to be. So Denver may elect to rest guys that game. Whereas for Portland, that may be a game they have to win to you know, keep pace with the Lakers and win that tie break. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting down the stretch to see how this works. Super interesting. We shall see. We'll keep you guys posted on on the King there. Everybody's confident, though, that he's going to come back. Anthony Davis smirked the other night and was like, oh, don't worry. He'll be fine. I was like, what is this? Tell us the cryptic signs oh, now. Man, I'm telling you, man. These guys and their drama. The Lakers. Oh, boy. Too funny. Anthony Davis is learning quick, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? All right. Let's move on here because we got to talk about three key races to watch in well, not three, but a little more than that. I can't count. I told you guys every day I can't do math. Just leave me alone, damn it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Wow Wow West, the Jazz and the Suns, neck and neck. Who's going to get the number one seed, Gerard? It's looking right now to me like the Jazz are going to get it. Um, they have three games left in their, in their schedule. The Suns have four. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, looking at Phoenix's schedule with the four, I just... I, I I think that the, the Jazz will have this because the rest of the Jazz schedule is pretty easy. Let me look and see who Phoenix has got left with their with their final four games. So we mentioned that they're going to play um, Portland. So they have Golden State tonight, which Golden State's already clinched their spot So in the playing tournament. So mm, who knows? Thursday, they got Portland. At San, and then they go San Antonio back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. And the Spurs are likely in. So the Spurs may rest, may opt to rest guys there. So Phoenix, uh I say they go two and two, maybe in those final four games, um, and then the Jazz. As I said, I, I I just think that based on where they are and who's left for them, I, I just think the Jazz. This is this is Jazz time. <laughs> you know, I think they've they've worked it's about hard. Time. Well, they they've worked hard all season, and I don't see any reason why you know they're not going to be prepared to to take that one seed. Now, the interesting thing about that one seed is right. Who you're gonna get is that eight rolling in, you know? That that that's the challenge. Like for all the hard work you have, you know, who am I gonna play in round one? The Lakers? Ooh. 
And the, the, the Jazz remaining schedule, Portland, as we mentioned, Oklahoma City, Sacramento. I mean, we know we know what Oklahoma City and Sacramento are doing. A whole lot of nothing. So worst case scenario, they go two and one. Uh, right? Maybe they go three and oh. And they and if they go two and one, that's it. They they've got it, right? So I just this is this is the Jazz I think will be one. I think Phoenix will be two. And so that's that that seven eight, that's Lakers um Golden State. Now think about this, Jenna. Winner of seven eight gets the seven seed. So look, it could very well be the Golden State Warriors because Steph Curry is on fire right now. He goes nuclear. I mean, you could easily see in a one game. It's not, it's not a series. One game. You can easily see one game where he's just, you can't stop him. And they beat the Lakers, right? Well. You mean like every other game this season? Well, right, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they are now the seventh seed, right? And if you're Phoenix, you're like, great, we got to play the Warriors in round one. But I think Phoenix will be confident they can beat them because they're a little bit more complete. But still, that makes it tougher than it has to be. And then the Lakers now will have to play the winner of that 9-10, Memphis and San Antonio, right? Like, who knows who that's going to be, right? And so the Lakers now have to win. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, we're now in a single elimination. If we lose, we're out. Like, that's... that's one bad night. That's all it takes. It's listen, One bad night. It, one guy to be off his game. And, and really, you know, so the, the Lakers are fortunate because they are the seven right now. So they'd have to... They have two chances to get one win, and that's all they need. They need one win in two in two games. They should be able to do that. But again, let's say they play well, but Curry is just better that night. Okay, well you were good and you still lost. So now, what if you have a bad night? In the next, well, it doesn't matter. You're out now, right? And so yeah. this is the reality of where we're at with this with, with this uh, playing. But it's exciting, right? It's making the end of the season super super exciting for fans. It is really exciting. Some people feel. more excited than others (laughs) and it's giving me anxiety so let's talk about this one right here let's move over to the east and talk about the nets and the bucks Mm -hmm. so can the nets hold off the bucks for that number two so now they have a chance to knock them out what is it tonight so yeah brooklyn has three games remaining the bucks have four but the bucks have the tiebreaker right because they won two out of the three games this season Brooklyn is currently one game ahead of Milwaukee right now. Brooklyn wins tonight, right? And this is the, and they'll and if Milwaukee loses, they'll go up two. Milwaukee is in or no, at home for Orlando. Now it's Orlando, so they shouldn't lose to, to Orlando, but that's the second out of a back-to-back for Milwaukee. They played last night in San Antonio. So you never know what could happen on night two of a back-to-back. If they do in fact pull ahead two games tonight, that'll look good for them going down the stretch, with Milwaukee having three games remaining, with Brooklyn having two. You know, that should be enough for them there to, if, if the Nets win, or three games, I'm sorry, the Nets will have three games remaining. If the Nets win two out of the three coming down the stretch, they'll finish one game ahead of Milwaukee. And that's what I think is likely to happen. Um, again, barring anything crazy going on, injuries, whatever, a bad night. But look, these, these last few games are going to matter for both teams. And it's important it's because gonna... the it looks like if you're if the seating holds out, whoever this will be a conference semifinals matchup, and so whoever has the two seed has home court during that series, right? And you always want to rather play at home than on the road. So in that semifinals matchup between the Nets and the Bucks, if seating holds, you want to have home court. So that number two spot is important. Although Steve Nash has been telling us um, the last several weeks, yes, you know we care about seating, but health is our number one priority. 
we want to be fully healthy come playoff time. So they're going to always err on the side of let's just make sure we're healthy. Not a bad move at this point because, I mean, everybody, if it feels like people are dropping like flies. Like we said, the big three in the Nets can't get together on the floor more than seven times a season. So that I, I agree with Nash on that one. Let's move on and stay in the East, though. Let's talk about the Knicks, Hawks, and Heat. Why? Because the Knicks, although they're in that fourth seed, they have the same record as the Hawks. So, well, they're one game above. But they're super close. The margins are super thin. And then you have the Heat down there at number six with um, 37 wins, 31 losses. So this is important because if the Knicks, they're playing the Lakers tonight mm -hmm. at uh, the late night game, which is probably going to cause me to be dead tomorrow. Classic. <laughs> but this is important because if they win tonight, they can take over that. They can clinch their spot, mm -hmm, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A Knicks win tonight clinches Talk their to playoff spot. Um, and you mentioned Knicks, Hawks, Heat. That's four, five, six seed right now. Mm -hmm. One game separates them. The Knicks, the Knicks are half game ahead of the Hawks, one game ahead of the Heat. And so, listen, stuff can move. The, the Hawks have the tiebreaker against the Heat. So the Heat are going to have to go on quite a run if they want to get themselves up into that five spot. Right? They're going to have to win out the rest of their games. And the Hawks are going to have to drop some, right? But I think the way it's looking, the Hawks' schedule is relatively easy coming down the stretch. Here's the other thing mm -hmm. in terms of matchups. They have the easy schedule, I think. They do. The and if you look at matchups, as it stands right now, Milwaukee would play the Heat in round one. Well, we all know what happened last year when the Bucks and the Heat played. The Heat dump trucked those Bucks, And, you know, do the Hawks, do, do the Heat want to wake up ghosts of playoff past? And see that Miami Heat team again. Because as while they haven't played well this season, you do know Miami will not be afraid of Milwaukee in this in this series. And Spo is likely going to have something up his sleeves for Bud. And we know Bud and his adjustments, not so great. Whereas Spo, you know, Spo, Spo was a master tactician, right? I mean, mm -hmm. this is his jam. He loves it. So... I mean, you he loves already, this shit. You see the, 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 the mad scientist working, right? Like, oh, I got some ideas for these guys. And again, the biggest thing is belief. Miami knows we beat this team already. <laughs> we beat them last year. We're not, we're not worried about them, right? Now, yes, the, the Bucks are different. They do have Drew Holiday now. They have P.J. Tucker. They're, they're, they're a much different looking squad. But again, there'll be no back down and no fear coming out from the Heat's, the Heat's vantage point, right? I mean, the Heat really are going to look at any team and not be afraid. That's just a hallmark of hashtag Heat culture. Um, for the Hawks, I think it'll be nice, Jenna, for them to get um, their first taste of playoffs. For Trey Young and that young crew, um, they're going to get boat raced by whoever they, they play, which is fine. But I'm, I'm a firm advocate, as you know, of young teams getting their lumps in the playoffs. Right? That's how you learn. So they can feel the intensity. And like, you know, when you first step in, you're like, oh, this is different than a regular season game. It's like, yeah, this is like 2X, my guy. And it's also like... You know, I joke about this all the time. You go in a locker room during a regular season and you see the scouting report on the players in their lockers. And it's like one sheet of paper with like five bullet points. But come playoff time, the scouting report's a binder, right? Like it's just very different because now it, this is everything, every tendency. So and, and now you're reviewing it's the same team over and over. So now these young guys are going to see, oh, it's different now. They know exactly what we're going to do. They know our counter and our second counter. What's our third mm -hmm. counter? How do we work our way around that, right? What's the what's the work within a series? And that's very important for young young teams to go through. So 
I'm excited for this Atlanta team to get some get some playoff experience. And for the Knicks, look, what a turnaround. Uh, hats off to Leon Rose, William mm-hmm. Wesley, and head coach Tom Thibodeau. I mean, they've changed the culture there. The Knicks are a team that we know they grind it out on defense, man. Those guys play hard every night. And win, lose, or draw, they are not mm-hmm. going to they're not going to stop playing until the final buzzer sounds. I know it's all cliche and I hate using cliches, but it is in mm-hmm. fact true. That's how they play, right? They they mm-hmm. embody Thibodeau, they grind, they work. And they got decent guys, right? Julius Randle's playing like an all-NBA guy. R.J. Barrett's mm-hmm. looking really good in his second year. They've got Derek Rose hit the fountain of youth. I mean, they're... Nerland's Noel. Nerland's Noel. Good, excellent on defense. They are... They're mm-hmm. playing really, really well. And look... The, the fountain of youth. They're going to make it tough for whoever they play in round one, right? Like, whoever it's going to be. And look, if it's four or five and it's the Hawks, the Knicks will probably win that series and get to the second round. And that'll be a huge boon for... The city of New York. Absolutely. Um, And I was thinking about this because this has been a question online and on all the shows and whatnot. Is is the Knicks season wasted if if they kind of, I guess, choke early on in the playoffs? No, absolutely. What what does that even mean? Choke. This team hasn't even been to the playoffs in like 10 years. Not to mention they haven't been in the playoffs since 2013 with Melo. And not to mention, but you changed the culture exactly. and exactly. clinched the number four seed in the East. I mean, with teams like the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks ahead of you. So I'm sorry, nothing is wasted. Uh, but this is yeah, a win, Jenna. I, this is yeah. no matter what happens from here on out in the playoffs, it's all gravy. Like you, you've, you've already made the changeover, right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're in the playoffs. Vegas picked the Knicks to win 22 games this season. 22. They are well over 22 wins, as you can see. Like, it, they're awesome. Like, let's, it, it's, that's the thing with a lot of fans. They get, if we don't get to, no, 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 no. You are, you made, not even the play-in. You made the playoffs. You're actually a playoff <laughs> team. You're not, you're not in the play-in. You're in, you're in the playoffs. You're in there. You're locked. That's, be like you're happy. Locked. Be happy about that. And then start to, and then let's build off of that going forward. Yeah, and uh, last note on the Heat, because we were talking about how they're fearless uh, when it comes to situations like this. Um, did you see the uh, exchange that Jimmy Butler had with a reporter the other day when they asked, uh, are you nervous about your tough schedule down the stretch here as the plane no, gets closer? He and he called him a sorry ass. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'll send you the video. He was like, no, you sorry ass. Like, are you kidding me? I'm not afraid. Like, it was the most Jimmy Butler thing Jimmy Butler could do to a reporter and it was all in fun. I think he knew the reporter, whatever, but it was so fun because why are you going to ask Jimmy Butler if he's scared out of all players? But, but Jenna, you know, it's so funny, but you know, Jimmy has no back down in him, right? Like when you, when you're a player like Jimmy Butler, who literally has had to grind his way, it's his league. Right. And like, just when you look at like, you know, how he got to the NBA, right? Like the Marquette, like before that, and just, just, just his journey. Jimmy is the ultimate, I have zero back down in my game, right? Like, sure, Giannis and James Harden and LeBron and Kevin Durant and all these players are way, you know, are better than, but Jimmy don't actually believe that in his head. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're, you see those, those interviews where we talked to Rachel Nichols, he's like, yeah, all those guys are, yeah, sure, take them. They're all, yeah, but, whatever you want. But he has got such belief in himself. And that's self belief is so key and critical. And the heat, embody that personality that that trait of jimmy's so yeah sure the bucks 
are a better team than we are, like record-wise. They got Giannis. They got we ain't afraid of them though. <laughs> like, and again, so much of in the playoffs is belief that you can actually win. And you know the Heat are going into this belief believing not only that they can win that series, the Heat probably believe they can go back to the NBA Finals. And that's dangerous. That that if you are a top seed and you think, ah, we're gonna just, you know, no, no, you better be ready because those that Heat team will test you and they're 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 exciting. That they will test you. And just like you spoke to Spo's mind when it's especially when it comes to the postseason, that's also another weapon in its own. No doubt. So that should be interesting. Let's do a couple of quick hits here because there is some news that we need to get to around the league. Jalen Brown of the Celtics, as everybody I hope knows for the basketball fans on this podcast. He is out for the remainder of the season with a torn ligament in his left wrist. Now, that looked painful when he came down on that the other night. So that didn't look good from the start there. Now, it sucks because it's devastating for their playoff hopes. And all the weight is obviously now going to get dumped on mostly Tatum and Co. But he was having a career year in almost every statistical category there is. So... And their last remaining games in the regular season are on the road, which isn't good because, if anything, we do know that the Celtics aren't particularly good on the road. However, if they get a win this week, they can hopefully clinch that sixth seed above the Heat. But what's going on? Give well, so me the tea. They, they, they've got a game tonight against Miami, and they, if they lose that game, the winner of this game owns the series, right? Then a tie break. So mm-hmm. Boston's already two games behind Miami. I, I don't love their chances to get into that sixth spot. I just really don't. With no Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, and this team was already struggling with Jalen Brown. Now all the pressure is going to be on Tatum. And look, Tatum's been excellent, but it's a lot for him to carry with Kemba Walker. Their center rotation is kind of a mess. Defensively, they're lost. I mean, Brad Stevens has been saying it all season defensively like i don't know who we are right now and and that's one of their calling cards right is their their ability to guard people and they just haven't been doing it this year and it's you know they're a bit snake bit Uh, you know they had covid uh jason tatum had covid and he was feeling the effects for a long time still using an inhaler i mean Mm -hmm. it's this is just a a rough year for them and you know what i always said you know they get into the play-in they get in the playoffs but if they have tatum and brown that always makes them dangerous because we know in the playoffs having two elite shot makers and creators on the wing that gives you an advantage in any playoff series. Well, now they only got one. And that's going to be a lot of pressure on Tatum. And Kemba's been really up and down. And he's been hurt, too, this this season. I just, you know, this doesn't look like Boston's year to me. I think they'll find a way to scratch their way in to the playoff um, mm-hmm. and be and be potentially that seven seed. But it, it ain't looking good. They'll probably get swept or gentlemen, gentlemen sweep in round one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this definitely isn't their year. They haven't played with a full roster either. Um, Kemba hasn't, I don't even think he's played back-to-backs because of injury. I mean, they're going to have to get used to playing without their full squad healthy down the stretch now and into the postseason. But I don't know. I mean, a lot of questions are being raised around uh, around your guy, Brad Stevens. No, he ain't uh, my guy. <laughs> been there, I'm busting you. I know that. Been there since 2013. But are there going to be question marks around him if they if I know this is going to be a conversation for another time that's larger, but that I'm, we're seeing it already. We're seeing the rumbling. Well, you, we you, are seeing it. You know how Boston fans are. I mean, I think Brad, Brad will be real. Brad's going to be safe. I think um, the, the question Boston fans start asking themselves is, 
what's up with your man Danny Ainge? Like your GM. That's the dude who I'm looking at. Like, yo, my guy, like, what's up with this roster? Why haven't you able to get more pieces for, for, for Brad to coach with? Now, the challenge there, of course, is that Danny's Brad's boss, right? So if Danny feels like, uh-oh, I'm getting the heat turned on me by Wick Crowspeck and the owners, well, I'll just fire Brad, right? Like, that's what GMs do. GMs dump the coach so that, you know, as, as their last-ditch method, and then figure out, you know, okay, now what do I do to get to get get help around here? But, you know, Danny seems to be Teflon up there for whatever reason. Um, and But if I were a Celtics fan, it's not Brad so much that I'd be asking questions about. I'd be like, yo, Danny, as a GM, you've been meh, right? Like, not bad, but not like, we're not a world beater. Not a world beater. No, I mean, Kyrie, that was a bust. And oh, yeah, remember that, know. guys? Remember, everyone everyone told us that the reason the Celtics were bad was because Kyrie was the problem. Remember, remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, mm-hmm. Kyrie, not there now, but you're worse. What happened? I mean, yeah, some of it's injury and all that, but I just think it's funny. Like, you know, oh, I, I thought Kyrie was the issue. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> Good point. Speaking of Kyrie, real quick, uh, flowers to him, too. He just uh, launched Kai 11, which is going to give underrepresented entrepreneurs a real shot at, you know, making a change and really showcasing their talents. Mm-hmm. So per usual, Kyrie's giving and he's giving in a great way. So no kudos to him. Um, let's move on here. We need to talk about how A-Rod, uh, he, what's going on with the Timber Puppy? He's not <laughs> buying them or is he? No. we need to finalize this deal. I know you're going through a breakup, honey. <laughs> but the 30-day window has expired for his exclusive negotiating with Glenn Taylor, the current owner of all of the uh, Minnesota teams, including the, uh, the Lynx, who they were also trying to buy as well. So now we have some other uh, owners coming in and making different bids. And... A-Rod, dear, I mean, put you, come on, get your business cap on, Wait, dear. Wait, you, you, think, you think he's on TMZ seeing pictures of Jen and, and Ben? And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, rumor has it, Gerard, that he is really shocked and upset that she has moved on like this. And I just can't believe it. I mean, what is this, the early 2000s again? Yo. I mean, love don't cost the thing, baby. Let's <laughs> go. Yo, you think, you, you think she was like texting and DMing him on the slide while she was still with a Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When there's rumblings, I know. Here it is. Get your tea, kids. <laughs> there was rumblings back in February that, you know, that's when the whole breakup started with yeah. uh, J-Lo and J-Rod. Yeah. And then, now a new report recently just came out and said that Ben actually reached out to her back in February and they've been emailing and stuff Ooh. while A-Rod was visiting her in the Dominican Republic where she's shooting a mo- new movie, Shotgun Wedding with Josh Duhamel. It's going to be his comeback, I hope, in the acting world. But anyway, on a lighter note, actually not a lighter <laughs> note, A-Rod is probably, um, you know, hanging out with Drake and his feelings. So <laughs> I just... I hope he's all right, really. But I mean, honey, we got to buy the Timberwolves. What are you doing, man? Uh, like, listen, I saw what that breakup did. I saw what that breakup did to Diddy when it happened. And he he, oh. he, he, he was in a funk for quite a while. Listen, J-Lo's a special Bought woman. Bought 30 robes and went to like the Bahamas. <laughs> like, it's not good. J- J-Lo's a special lady, man. And, you know, when she, when she breaks up with these dudes, it's it's rough on them. No, but listen, all, all jokes aside, um... Yes, the exclusive window did expire. That doesn't mean he can't, him and Mark Lord can't buy the team. It just means now that it's opened up for other uh, other groups to come in and start negotiating. But Glenn Taylor, the current owner, did say he does prefer to sell the team to Alex Rodriguez, and they're going to figure it out and work out the deals. 
basically what the quibbling is over right now from what i understand is it's over like you know some some zeros and some columns right it's like okay it's 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 always about a little bit of money here and there so i think that's what they're working through i have no doubt it'll it'll work itself out yeah seriously can't wait to hear uh what's going on there and uh maybe a rod will retreat to minnesota and just lay low for a little bit in the mountains there um hang out with Jordan Woods sometimes and Carl, <laughs> who knows? Let's talk about uh, some teams back in the East again. We got to go back to the Nets because mm-hmm. an update on Harden, Nash, you said mm-hmm. uh, that you have been involved and in getting some tea with the Nets and Nash has said what? That uh, Harden has been active in scrimmages completely mm-hmm. and now what? Is he going to return this week, possibly before the playoffs? Possibly. Um, Steve, was non-committal. Um, he said it's all a possibility that James does actually play in a game before the postseason begins, uh, but he's not he's not committing to anything. The Nets, including tonight, have four games remaining on their schedule. Uh, Chicago tonight, San Antonio t- uh, tomorrow night, then they have Chicago and Cleveland to end up to end the season. So there are four games remaining. James could be back for any of those games. He won't be back tonight. So any of the three games left, he could certainly be back, but Steve is being non-committal as to what. Because again, while seeding is important, health is our number one priority. Again, agreed. Agreed with that on that Nets team. So that should be interesting. Can't wait to see Harden get back in there because obviously we know he's a game changer. Duh. So I just, um, I can't, I want to see a new hairstyle out of Harden. Um, it just, you know, I just want right. to see something new, okay. something fresh. We'll, we'll, we'll see what you know he what does. We'll see what he does. <laughs> We shall see. Okay, let's, on a last note here, talk about the latest NBA feud news, because this is actually (laughs) insane to me that this is, everything's insane to me, but this one was funny. Okay, basically, Bradley Beal and his wife, Kamaya, put the full court press on uh, (laughs) the Warriors, Ken Fazmore. Yeah, who? I know. So, (laughs) that's right. That's right, Beal. I got you. So, that's right. Anyway, on... To give you some background, the NBA scoring race is almost nearly tied. It's a neck and neck race Mm -hmm. between Steph Curry and Bradley Beal. Steph Curry's averaging like, what, 31.9 points uh, this season. And Bradley is uh, 31.4. Weird math. Tenths of a point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See the tenths, that that kind of stuff, (laughs) the math. I don't do that. So anyway, we know that Bradley Beal's out with that hamstring and that might halt him in the race. But... We have Basmore who told the media on Monday, he was talking about him and Steph Curry are super close. He was talking about Steph Curry, um, you know, his scoring tear that he went on Saturday night um, against the Pacers, I think it was. And, or no, I'm sorry, it was, uh, who'd they play? Who'd they play? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, oh, was it the Pacers? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he, you know, he said he says his stats and then he starts laughing and then he says, we got guys hurting hamstrings to keep up. <laughs> man, Listen, Kent, Kent, Kent come Bay, on, more. Kent pays more. You know, he, he's he's real tight with Steph. He's, um, you know, he, he he's a jokester, likes to like, you know, whatever. I, this is this is a nothing story to me. Look, what Steph's been doing this season has been great. Um, you know, Bazemore thought he could have a little bit of fun poking at Bradley Beal, being like, you know, we got dudes tweaking our hamstrings trying to keep up with this guy, right? I mean, okay, you could certainly, as Steph's teammate, like make your joke that uh, Bradley ain't in Steph's class, cool. But Ken Bazemore, 
you ain't in Bradley Beal's class, my guy. <laughs> like, let's, you know, Brad, Bradley Beal's a borderline All-NBA player, and you are, at best, an NBA rotation guy, right? He has, like, so, five points that <laughs> Like, so, where is know, he going? Like, it's, no it, offense. It's fine. No, no, it, like, it, it's fine that he wants to tell some jokes. Just, you know, just understand when the jokes come back on you for being, you know, Kent Bazemore, that, all right, that's, you know, yeah, so yeah. if you dish it, just, just take it back. That, that's how I look right. at it. But a, a non-story yeah. to me. <laughs> no, no. Just some fun Twitter beef going back and forth. Uh, Bradley went on a whole scoring or scoring tear. Oh, my God. Tweet tear. <laughs> Either way, he does do that as well. But literally tagged Basmar in all the tweets, called him a clown, sent him a clown gift. The funniest <laughs> one, though, was from Kamaya. Um, uh, Basmar's middle name or whatever is Lamont. And she tweeted, now, why did Lamont have to go and start some shit he can't even show up to compete in, let alone finish? <laughs> well, it's it's sort of the classic example, Woo! right, of, like, Bazemore feels like he can speak up and talk with his chest because he's playing with Steph Curry, right? But it's like, yo, my dude, like, you, you know, you're not going to be talking slick by yourself, right? Like, Bradley clearly a superior player to Bazemore, right? That's, that's not even a... It's not even a, a discussion point. Um, but I'm yeah. out here in these streets calling him Basmore, so it, there's that. Yeah, well, that I never fine. heard of this kid. <laughs> As I said, <laughs> Bazemore is a rotational guy, so I mean, what are we? Yeah. I mean, that's what what this is not a thing, right? Like, yeah, no, and, and likely because um, Bradley has the hamstring, it looks like Steph will win the scoring title um, because Bradley yeah. will, will miss some games here down the stretch. Uh, but you know, kudos yeah, to Steph and the Warriors and. Looks like we're gearing up for that Warriors-Lakers play-in game. Oh, my God. Yeah, this week earlier, a reporter asked Steph, so what do you – you see that video? He was like, no. so what do you think about uh, – so literally, the reporter's like, so you know there's a serious possibility you guys are going to have to go first round with the, the Lakers. What do you think about a possibility of Warriors-Lakers? He actually sat there – I'm trying to, like, imitate it the best I can. He actually sat there and went – <laughs> like for like 30 seconds straight maybe 10 but still i was like oh okay i love this time well he you so. know steph is obviously fully aware that that's who they're going to play in the play in most likely and you know as a competitor I, I know for a fact steph's looking forward to that challenge right like he wants to go because look it's funny right like we talk about LeBron and narratives and like the drama king. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to drag this seven seed, all that stuff. Steph, as he talks about, and he said it on numerous post game, uh, after game, uh, media sessions, you know, he's like, you hear people poking at the legacy. And you know, when Steph does that thing, when he kind of like shakes his head, he's like, you know, you kind of like, that's like, you know, it bothers him, but like, he's not going to say it bothers him. So he is relishing the opportunity to play the Lakers and be like, all right, I'll go toe to toe with LeBron again. And can you imagine Steph, Draymond, and that rinky-dink squad, if they beat the Lakers in that single elimination, well, not, oh, not oh, single elimination, but beat the Lakers, and they advance into that seventh seed, whoo, boy. And the Lakers somehow then lose and don't make the playoffs? Hey, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> At least. We would have Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys, you LeBron fans, will have, you'll have Space Jam to look forward to in the summer. 
but you won't yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, get on, yeah, yeah, but sure, you whatever. But, but you, you won't have no championship to look forward to. <laughs> but Space Jam, you can rock with that. But again, oh, no. we don't know. We, we shall see, guys. It, it's going to It's heating up. It's exciting. We got, as I said, three, four games left, and it's it's a uh, we're, we're sort of these teams. They they're 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 scoreboard watching. They're like, all right, man, we gotta we gotta see what's what here. It's exciting these last few games and not the regular season. Oh, I can't wait. Guys, stick with us during these last couple games this week, and we will talk to you when we get to the play-in. And it's going to be cooking, guys. So get get your towels ready. I have mine. I'm going to be sweating. And we're going to lose some pounds playing. Get ready for summer. You hear me, Lakers fans? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah, we'll, we'll do our we'll do the play-in next week, and we'll do some playoff previews as well. So get ready, guys. You know where to find us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, at Seven Footers Pod on Twitter, at Seven Footers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps. Trying to have a plan that we may come true. Applied to some jobs, but I ain't here back. I don't want to trap what some man gon' do. Chevy told me come through to the spot. Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew. Right around 10, came dressed in the nines. You already know what we really finna do when we pull up on the scene. Pull up